1: Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity Voice Remote.
3: Hey y'all, we're rerunning two episodes today, which means that you'll hear two hosts: me and Tracy V. Wilson. Enjoy the show. Hi,
4: and welcome to This Day in History class. It is July 4th. Poet Walt Whitman published his book, Leaves of Grass, for the first time on this day in 1855. Sometimes people will quibble with the fact that probably you couldn't go into the store on July 4th to buy it because it was Independence Day and the store wouldn't have been open. But it's generally recognized that July 4th was the day this book came out for the first time. So Walt Whitman was born on May 31st of 1819. He was from a very proud and patriotic family. All of his siblings were named after their ancestors or after the nation's founders. And they lived in places that are boroughs of New York City today, but at the time they were their own separate communities. So places like Brooklyn and communities that are in central and eastern Long Island. Walt Whitman went to public schools for about six years, but for the most part, he was self-educated. And before he published Leaves of Grass, he worked in several other fields, especially journalism and teaching. Uh, He also wrote some fiction. So in 1844, Ralph Waldo Emerson published an essay called The Poet, in which he meditated on what poetry is and what a poet's place should be in society. Here's the thing that he wrote in there, quote, America is a poem in our eyes. Its ample geography dazzles the imagination, and it will not wait long for meters. He was basically calling for the United States to have its own poet, to record, to reflect, and to shape upon the young nation's consciousness. He thought the nation needed a poet. So it's really not completely clear whether this essay affected Walt Whitman's decision to be a poet. There are critics who argue that it definitely did. Not a hundred percent certain, but regardless. What he went and did is basically exactly what Emerson said needed to happen. He went out and he wrote the book that Emerson said the nation was lacking. So, Walt Whitman printed the first edition of Leaves of Grass at his own expense. 795 copies. That was all that he could afford. And this book contained 12 poems. None of them had titles. They were very different from most poetry at the time. They were all over the place in terms of their length. And they didn't fit into conventional structures or rhyming patterns at all. The lines themselves, like the written lines on the page, they were also all over the place. They were very different from one another in terms of how long they were. And they were so long that he actually printed it on very wide paper so that he wouldn't have to break the lines. He could print the whole thing out on this very wide page. The tone of these poems is relentlessly optimistic. And underlying the whole thing is this focus on the promise of what American democracy had the potential to be. So he sent a lot of copies of this book to lots of other poets. No one really cared, except for Ralph Waldo Emerson, whose letter that he wrote in response began quote, I greet you at the beginning of a great career. Perhaps unsurprisingly, the fact that Walt Whitman had written exactly the kind of book that Ralph Waldo Emerson said needed to be written meant that Ralph Waldo Emerson liked it a lot. Leaves of Grass wasn't the only thing that Walt Whitman worked on for the rest of his career, but he did work on it a lot. He kept releasing multiple new editions of the book that would have new poems and revisions of the old one. The 1856 edition was on smaller paper. The idea was that you could just carry it in your pocket, and he put the word poem in the titles of all the poems. Maybe because of all the criticism that he had gotten after the first edition, that these things that he had written were not even poetry. The 1860 edition was even more controversial because it included Children of Adam, which was a celebration of the body and of sexual relationships between women and men. And it also included another group of poems called The Calamus Cluster, and that celebrated love between men. This got the book banned in a lot of places. But it was really this edition that started to sell pretty well, maybe, in part because of all that controversy about its contents. The American Civil War really affected Walt Whitman's book. He had been so optimistic in his poetry about what America could be, and the nation was literally tearing itself apart over the issue of whether it was okay to own human beings as property. He couldn't keep writing relentlessly optimistic poetry in that kind of environment. The 1867 edition of Leaves of Grass included some of his wartime poetry in the form of Drum Taps and sequel to Drum Taps. But this edition came out in a lot of different versions, and some of those poems were in there, and sometimes the edition would not have those poems. The whole thing was very haphazard and full of errors. It was really almost like he had ripped up his own work the way the country had torn itself up and then tried to stick it back together. Whitman spent the last years of his life in Camden, New Jersey, where he died on March 26th of 1892 at the age of 72. And today he's remembered as one of the nation's most influential and groundbreaking poets. You can learn more about Walt Whitman and his work in the April 17th, 2017 episode of Stuff You Missed in History Class. You can subscribe to This Day in History Class on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and wherever else you get your podcasts. Tomorrow, we'll be visiting a factory full of phosphorus.
0: Inspired by guaranteed, straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a man. Available wherever you get your podcasts. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at hypergig for details.
2: So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.
1: The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the campaign moment right now, wherever you're listening.
3: Greetings, everyone. Welcome to This Day in History class, where we learn a smidgen of history every day. The day was July 4, 1997. The National Aeronautics and Space Administration, better known as NASA, landed the Mars Pathfinder on Mars's Ares Vallis. Its robotic rover, named Sojourner, became the first wheeled vehicle to explore the surface of another planet. Part of Pathfinder's purpose was to prove that spacecraft could be cheaper, faster, and better. The mission would demonstrate the technology that was necessary to get a lander and robotic rover to the surface of Mars on a lower budget. The lander cost $150 million to develop and build, while the rover cost about $25 million. Including launch and operations, the Mars Pathfinder mission cost $265 million. The Mars Pathfinder mission would be the first time a spacecraft landed on the planet in more than two decades. The previous time was in 1976, when Viking 1 and Viking 2 made it to Mars. Landing was a difficult task for spacecraft. In fact, many landers at the Soviet Union, Russia, and United States sent to Mars were lost or destroyed. Mars Pathfinder was launched on December 4, 1996. The robotic spacecraft was made up of an 816-pound, or 370-kilogram, lander, officially called the Carl Sagan Memorial Station and the 23-pound rover Sojourner. The rover was named after Sojourner Truth, an abolitionist and activist in the 19th century. On July 4th, 1997, Mars Pathfinder entered the thin Martian atmosphere, taking atmospheric measurements as it descended toward the surface of the planet. A heat shield slowed the spacecraft down, then a parachute was deployed, slowing the craft's descent through the atmosphere. It then released its heat shield, and the lander separated and lowered from the back shell on a tether. Airbags inflated about 10 seconds before landing, forming a protective shield around the lander. Three solid rockets fired to slow the descent even more, the tether was cut, and the lander dropped to the surface. It bounced more than a dozen times before it rolled and stopped two and a half minutes after landing. Mars Pathfinder had landed on the surface of the Red Planet in a flood plain in the Northern Hemisphere called Aries Vallis, chosen for its safety and the variety of rocks present there that Sojourner could analyze. It made it to Mars' surface less than a second from its projected landing time. The whole process of entry, descent, and landing lasted about four minutes. After landing, the airbags deflated and Pathfinder opened its solar panels. The lander sent back data it had collected during entry and landing, and it sent images that it took of the landing area. Sojourner was soon released from the lander down a ramp. Sojourner had two black-and-white cameras to navigate, one color camera, and an alpha-proton X-ray spectrometer for analyzing rocks and soil. Its top speed was about two feet per minute. The rover analyzed the composition of nearby rocks, which scientists named Barnacle Bill, Yogi, and Scooby-Doo. NASA said that the data it gathered could be evidence of a more water-rich Mars. The lander relayed information from the rover to Earth and took pictures of the sky and its surroundings. It also tested the magnetic properties of dust on the planet. Sojourner was designed to last seven days, but it ended up staying in operation for 84 days, It traveled about 330 feet during the mission. The lander was designed to last 30 days, but the final data transmission from Pathfinder was received on September 27, 1997. The battery, which had been repeatedly charged and discharged, may have failed. The lander and rover sent more than 17,000 images back to Earth. It also provided analysis of the rocks and soil on Mars and data on wind and weather. The technology used in the Mars Pathfinder mission was later used, with some changes, on the Mars Exploration Rover mission, which began in 2003. I'm Eve Jeffcoat, and hopefully you know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. If there are any upcoming days in history that you'd really like me to cover on the show, give us a shout on social media, at TDIHCPodcast. You can subscribe to This Day in History class on Apple Podcasts, the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Tune in tomorrow for another day in history.
4: For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.